Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Slim Rev. And BD. We're going to give you guys an opportunity to come in. Right now, you're watching on both channels. You're watching on my personal YouTube channel, and you're watching from um, the Good Guys YouTube channel. So I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to get y'all notifications, get y'all guys into the live feed. And then um, we're going to get right into some live Q&A. So we're going to give you guys an opportunity to come into the live feed so we can be able to answer you guys' questions. We may be opening you guys an opportunity to do um, what can I say? A one's got to go or this or that. So we're going to give you guys an opportunity, man. But in the meantime, BD, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm good, man. You know, we still quarantined. We're still over here at the crib, stuck in the house, but it's all good. You know, we're trying to be productive. We're trying to, you know, get better, eat healthy, spend some time with the kids. So it's, it's good. I can't complain. Oh, the people coming in, BD. I looked at the chat box. Look at the chat box. We got uh, Just J and Y. What's going on? Swaggy D in the building. Can you see the comments, BD? Yeah, I see him. Good, hi, What's good guys. What's going on, people? What's going on? Y'all enjoying a good getting... life? Uh, first time joining a good guys live. This is the first good guys live. This, this is the, the inaugural edition of Ask a Good Guy Live, guys. So. It's an exciting time at the Good Guys Podcast. We are only five subscribers, y'all, from hitting 1K. So if you have not already subscribed from the Good Guy to the Good Guys Podcast, if you're watching this live, you should definitely be subscribed. But if you are not already subscribed to the Good Guys Podcast, hit the subscribe button now. It would be so dope to hit 1K while we are live with you guys and we can celebrate. But uh, we'll see how that goes. Either way, we're going to be here to answer questions that you guys have. So get your questions ready, shoot them in the comment section, and we will answer as we go. I'm trying to look at the chat box right now. We got a lot of people here. We got someone watching me from London. Let us know where you guys are. Somebody from London. Shout out Cindy Keppel from London. That's what Phoenix, I'm talking about. Arizona in the building. New subscriber from Atlanta, Georgia. Thank you. Hey, straight from the A. Whoa, we, uh oh, they've got our first question. Okay. Let's get right to it. How to deal with the season where God is hiding you from guys. Mm. Okay. I guess BD, you know, this is my world. So I guess BD shooting it off to me. Yeah. Go ahead and I'm going to let you take that. Uh, great question, Ruth. Um, let me read your question again so we can kind of really get some, some layers to it. Uh, Ruth says, how to deal with the season where God is hiding you from guys. See, First, you have to understand the Bible says, uh, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and in due season, he will exalt you. All right. The beautiful thing about being hidden by God is that he's hiding you for the right person. Oftentimes we get so caught up on uh, why is no one attracted to me? Why is no one looking for me? But it's a blessing that God is hiding you. And what you should do in the meantime is to is to settle yourself down, understand who you are in Christ and develop your purpose. Because the beautiful thing about being hidden by God is that you're, you're being hidden from distractions. God hid me for a long period of time. You see what I'm saying? And in him hiding me, I was able to get six books done, two card games. Well, I met my wife towards the last two books and two card games, but I was able to be focused and be productive. Uh, so don't get discouraged in the meantime. Don't get mad at God. Um, don't try to run out in the, out away from his hand because anything that you acquire outside of God's leadership, outside of God's timing, is going to put you in a position of, 
uh, of dealing with unnecessary consequence. So, Ruth, how do you deal with the season? Uh, let's let's see if I can break the word deal down. How to deal with the season where God is hiding you from guys. Number one, D, you got to make a decision and realize that God is hiding you. So you might as well just get used to it and be okay with it. You got to all you got to accept the deal. God is saying, hey, either you're going to be hidden in me. Or, or you're going to be out there in, in, in the midst of other uh, people that's going to take your time, take your resources. E, well, we don't got time to spell the word deal. But, but what I'm trying to say is. <laughs> I was about to say off the top of the dome, Man, not, not off the top, not today. That's deal. Deal is one of those tough ones. But you just got to be okay with it. Because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, when God, let me give you the acronym. Not acronym. Let me give you the um, a description. Right now, God has you up under his hand, right? He's protecting you. Don't try to run in between his fingers and escape. The Bible says in due season, the same hand that is hiding you is going to exalt you. And when he exalts you, only the one that's at that same height as you that he has also exalted will be the right man for you. So be okay with it. Accept the deal. Embrace it and, and enjoy it the best that you can. And, and then watch what God does from it. Go ahead, BD. Yeah, I mean, not too much to add to that. Um, if you're in a season where God is is hiding you from guys, um, it's obviously for a reason. He's got you hidden for a reason so that he can work on you so he can he can get you prepared. Like like we talk about in the podcast, when when, you know, before you actually meet the person that God has for you, you want to make sure that you know what your purpose is. You want to know what your calling is so that when you meet that right person or when you're you know dating other guys, when God does put you you know in front of some more guys. You kind of determine, hey, you know, what he's trying to do doesn't really line up with what I'm trying to do. Um, But when you find that right person who's, you know, purpose, who's calling kind of lines with what you uh, what God's called you to do, then um, then that's it's going to work. So take advantage of that period and just be patient. That's great stuff, BD. Christopher, what's going on? Milwaukee, Milwaukee in the building. Hey, I know it's got to still be cold up there. Legit tuber. Did you ever read my comedy the other day? Um, I probably did, but I just I, I just went through the most recent video comments just, just real quick and I didn't see it. So if you still got that question, shoot it in the comments. We'll try to get to it. Um, how do I forgive my or Ryan Newberry? How do I forgive myself for past sexual sins? I feel so guilty. Ryan. You, you can't hold it against yourself. The Bible says that um, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us uh, of our sins. So, um, you know, it, everybody has a past um, and, and God's not judging you for, for the things that you did. Now, um, depending on what it is, you know, when we sin, God is always faithful and just to forgive us. There may be consequences. So that's why you have to be careful. It's not just, Hey, let's go out and sin. Cause God is going to forgive us. We have to be mindful of the fact that sometimes when we commit sins, especially sexual sins, because of the nature of that type of sin, there's a good possibility. There could be consequences that come with that sin. So definitely be mindful of that. But as far as forgiving yourself, God has already <laughs> forgiven you if you've confessed your, your sins to him. So you got to forgive yourself, man. Keep moving, keep moving on, uh, build yourself up spiritually uh, look at the the triggers uh, that cause those situations to happen. You know, if there's a certain female that you might not want to hang around anymore or a certain environment that you might not want to be in because that triggers you to commit sexual sins, try to avoid those. 
Um, but you definitely got to forgive yourself and move on, man. You, you're, you're the righteousness of God. He's forgiven you. That's 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 why he died on the cross for us. So take advantage of that and go forward and sin no more. The good thing that I want to add to that, BD, is that don't let the past last. The more you dwell on it, the more you think about it, the more, Ryan, that past is going to last in your life. And if you let it last now, it's going to it's going to play a major role in your decision making. It's going to play a role in your faith level. It's going to play a role in your ability to navigate into your purpose and to embrace what God has for you. The Bible says he forgives your sin or forgets your sin as far as the east is from the rest. I mean, west. And so the best thing you could do is rest. And the beautiful thing about forgiveness is that it gives you the opportunity to go forward. Now, how do you forgive yourself? Realize that you are becoming new in Christ. The second thing you must allow yourself to do is to renew your mind. You have to change the way you think about yourself. Look up, go to openbible.info, look up scriptures on God's forgiveness towards us. Uh, uh, meditate on those scriptures so that you can understand that you're an adopted son or daughter of God and that and that because of Jesus, not because of works, it's not because that you got to work to get God's love again. God loves you. God looks at us like riding a bike. You know, a, a good father is not going to look at their child the moment they fall off that bike and be like, you know what? You suck at, at riding bikes. No, that father's going to be like, get up on that bike and let's go forward. But you have to understand what the word of God says about sexual sin. Sexual sin is the only sin that sins that we sent against our own bodies. So what you have to do now is look at the layers. First off, I want you to write down um, the, the, the person that you had that sexual experience with. I want you to write their name down. I want you to write down, uh, I want you to write it down because I want you to forgive that person. I also want you to forgive yourself. I want you to also look at that mess that may have been made in your past and see how God is turning it around for your good now into a message. Because if you allow God to turn that mess into a message, then you will be a messenger that God use it to help other people out of that same mess. So what you have to do is write that person down, write when did it happen and write down the moment that you confess that sin to God. Why I want you to write that thing down? Because when you start feeling feelings of of, of of condemnation. The Bible says there is no longer any condemnation in Christ. There's no condemnation in him. Now he may convict us of sin, but he doesn't condemn us of those sins. So what you have to do now is, is write that write that situation down and canalize it and say, you know what? This is a past experience. How is God changing this and turn this around for my good? And I'm going to go forward. You are not defined by your past, Ryan. You have to let that go and go forward and develop a message from it. Like I said before in previous videos, I said, BD, I grew up without a father. I, I struggled with abandonment, not just from my pops, but from other people. Now, why would I allow that abandonment that happened in 94 or 96 or whatever years affect me as a person now? I would not be able to be productive now. So you have to determine a why. Why must you go beyond this? And why must you forgive yourself? Because there's something great that God wants you to go after, but you can't go after if you're still stuck in your past. So what you do with that guilt, you cast it over to God. What you do with that guilt, you meditate on the word of God about you being a righteousness in Christ. Uh, uh, meditate on those scripts so that you can be able to understand your prop the proper theology within this context so that you can go forward. Your emotion only goes as far as far as your renewed mind. So that's all I got for you, Ryan. Uh, uh, yeah, Newberry, don't let that get to you, my friend. All right. Uh, let's see. I saw somebody from North Carolina and I have to shout him out because oh, that's where we're from. Well, that's where I'm at. Well, I'm, that's where I'm from. 
<laughs> that, that, but that's right. but still, who who's holding North Carolina down still? Hey, you know what? I, I still rep for North Carolina out here. These these Texas fans be walking around with their Longhorns, hook them horns, and all that mess. Hey, you know, I rock around with my Carolina gear, walk around proud. All right. And one day I might get in a fight over it, but and, and I'll probably lose. Oh, boy, but that's it's Texas, okay. BD. That's Texas, BD. Be careful. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I thought I'll probably lose. I have no backup down here. All right. Um, do, 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 Divine 15 says, what does it mean for a woman to submit to her husband? Does that mean control? Absolutely. Oh, J.D., I took the first one, last one first. I'll let you go ahead. Oh, we go, are we doing that? We're going back and forth? Yeah, we'll go back and forth with it. All right, but before that, Christopher, we'll be praying for you, man. Study to show yourself approved. Be confident, man. You're gonna be you're gonna do well in that exam. We got you, brother. We got you. Divine 15. Oh, red for Michigan, Ruth from London. I want to make sure I want to keep everybody shouted out. Okay. Watching us live. Divine 15. Hey, we're, by the way, before you get going, we're 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 two subscribers away from 1K. Okay. We're two subscribers from 1K. I feel like we QVC. Two. Two subscribers away. Hey, man, if you're watching this on the Coach Josh page and you want to get over to the Good Guys page and subscribe, get us to that thousand. We'll be doing these live Q&As, possibly one uh, minimum, one per week. Um, but you'll still get my live Q&As. But this for the Good Guys channel. But the Divine 15th question is, what does it mean for a woman to submit to her husband? Does that mean control? Nah, it doesn't mean control um, because the greater responsibility is on the man, Divine. Uh, um, the Bible says that women submit yourself to your husbands, but husbands sacrifice for your wife as Christ did for the church, right? Um, that's a greater responsibility. That means I have to sacrifice my goals, not necessarily my goals and dreams, but I got to sacrifice selfish ambition to make sure that um, my family thrives. Now, uh, most people look at the word submission has got a negative connotation to it um, because of what people have gotten from movies or what people have gotten from society. But when the word of God talks about submission, submission means uh, submitting to the order of God. God created <clears throat> the man to be the head of the home, then the wife to be uh, the CEO of the home. Uh, we talked about in the previous podcast that the man's focus is structure. The woman's focus is for nurture. And, um, and that's just God's order. The beautiful thing about it, though, Divine 15 is is that you get to choose or you get to allow God to choose who you submit to. Because the beautiful thing about this, it's a blessing to submit to a man who submitted to God because that man is going to sacrifice and naturally pull that submission out of you. Um, it's, it's, it's part of, I'm not a woman, BD's not a woman, but just from the women that we grew up around, it's it's a part of y'all's nature to nurture, uh, but it's not y'all's nature to nurture a, 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 a men who are boys. It's your nurture, it's your ability to nurture and grow and submit to the needs of a man because that man is working on behalf of the family for the glory of God. So submission doesn't mean control. Now, if you want to be in a negative sense of submission, then just settle outside of the will of God and marry whatever man you want to marry. But if you are, are, are the good thing about it is, is that you don't have to worry about that until God sends that right man. So don't be afraid of submission because you're going to naturally want to submit to a man who is sacrificial. Trust me. My wife doesn't mind uh, submitting to, to my leadership because she knows I'm being led by Jesus. See, that's the beautiful thing. You don't have to submit if you know that man ain't submitted. But the good thing about courtship and the good thing about uh, uh, before getting married is that you're able to 
uh, uh, examine a man's life, examine that man's fruit and to see, is this man willing to sacrifice for this family? Or is this man going to go extremely overly too hard uh, for his own entrepreneurial endeavors? Is he going to run this family over um, to, to, to fulfill his boyhood dreams? Or is this a man who's kingdom focused, who reverence God and who loves his family um, second uh, after God and will sacrifice for that family to ensure his daughter and his sons and his wife is tended. Like I tell any man, whatever you don't tend will end. So if you got a man that doesn't mind getting his fingers dirty, doesn't has a good green thumb and is able to tend his family, you're going to willingly submit to that man because that man is sacrificially in love with you. And, and sacrifice is a greater form of submission. If you think about it, I'm like right now, I can't just go overly hard for my old dreams. I got to put my family first. And that's a joy. When you got the joy of the Lord in you, it's a joy for a man to sacrifice for his family and watch Divine 15. When you're with the right man, you 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 going it's just going to be a part of your nature. You're going to want to submit to him because you trust who's leading him. And that's all I got there, BD. Yeah, I'm a, we're going to move on to the next question. I think you covered that quite thoroughly. Uh, <laughs> oh, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> you got one right there. All right. Uh, just JNY says, is it bad to ghost someone? I've met this guy at a Christian conference, but he was texting too much. And I know he is texting other girls. So I would rather not talk to him. No, it's not wrong to ghost somebody. Um, you know, it, look, if he's a guy that you met at a Christian conference, he might be a nice guy. Um, if he's texting you too much, there's nothing wrong with telling him, hey, you know, maybe fall back a little bit. Um, but if, if you feel like he's texting other girls, if you feel like, you know, he's not genuine in his pursuit of you, then no, I mean, you don't even have to address them. Like there's absolutely nothing wrong with ghosting somebody. You don't want to waste your time, you know, with somebody who's wasting your time. So uh, time is our most precious commodity. That's, I mean, it's more valuable money, wealth, anything like that. So if you got somebody who you feel like is wasting your time, don't let them. You know, if you think he's texting other girls, if you think he's not worth your time, do not respond. Because sometimes if you respond, we guys, you know, we 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 love the chase. So, you know, sometimes if you text back, he might think that you're just playing hard to get and keep pursuing you. And like I said, if you think he's one of those types who's chasing other girls, he's wasting your time. There's nothing wrong with ghosting someone at all. Man, BD, that's, that's my that's that's not wrong. See, your time is valuable. You had a conference to 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 learn. You had a conference to grow. Uh, oh, you met the guy at a because we all quarantined. There's, you're not at a conference. <laughs> so I didn't read your question. Is it bad to go someone? I've met this guy at a Christian conference. Not everybody at a conference, a Christian conference is Christian or not. Everybody is mature in their Christian belief. Um, and some people are there to play games. And, and but the good thing, don't be a don't be a piece in his game. I know he is texting other girls, so I would rather not don't talk to him. Keep it going. And he's going to try to come back because because what we do is or not what we we good guys. What those kind of guys do when you start ghosting, then they want to act like they're into you. What's that, BD? One thousand subscribers as of right now. The Good Guys Podcast is an official YouTube channel. Hey, Hey, I am so happy that we were able to pass the threshold like with y'all we're able to celebrate with you guys because you guys are the ones that support us you guys that kept us going 
JE is the model of consistency. BD is easy to give up and walk away. But you guys were consistent. You guys commented. You guys asked us to keep bringing the videos, and we did. And we have now hit 1,000 subscribers. Thank you, guys. And Thank let you. us know in the yeah. comments box if you like this format. Because we're, we're off to the future now. That's right. Just like you should be going to the future, just J and Y. Keep going forward. Don't get that man your time. Your time is your life. Your time is too valuable. So that's that's pretty much the answer there. No need to go deep. Yeah, there's not even really a deep question. There's nothing wrong with that. Keep it moving. I just found the person who was from North Carolina and now I lost him again. It's all good. We'll find him. All right. Growing up with us says after four months of ghosting me, an old friend hit me and told me he missed me. I blocked him. Was That's that right. a good idea? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a sometimes, good idea. Sometimes uh, you don't you don't need go God to block it. Sometimes you don't need God to block it. You just block it. See, <laughs> see, 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 see. When when Moses was at the Red Sea, BD, <clears throat> what did God mm -hmm. tell Moses? What's in your hand, Moses? Mm. What's in your hand, Moses? What and you so got when, in your hand? What you got in your hand? Hit that block button. God, you don't need God to block everything. Sometimes all you got to do is say, you know what? This ain't good energy for me. I'm going to block the person. Yeah. Just ain't I nothing did. wrong with that. After four months, see, he, he had you in four months of worrying but, about where he was, four months of wondering what no man leaves without without closure. A good man leaves with closure. A good man's gonna say, you know what, I messed up. This ain't what we need to be doing. We should go do other things. But if a man ghosts you and flies off in the night. <clears throat> and you you spent many nights wondering what happened, tossing and turning on your in regards to your self esteem, wondering if you beautiful and pretty enough for this Joker who ghosted you. Look, if you missed like me, this, like, guy, go ahead, BD. <clears throat> yeah, it, look, if a guy ghosts you for four months, like he's not that into you. I'm just gonna nah. keep it above. Keep it above. You know what I mean? If a guy if a guy is really into you, trust me. He's not about to go four months without talking to you, period, much less ghosting you. That man's not ghosting you so that he can go seek the face of the Lord. If he was, he would tell you straight up, hey, look, I think I need to take some time to step away so I can, you know, spend some time with my relationship with God, get solid. And then, you know, we'll see where we go from there. That's what a man of God would do if that were the scenario. A dude who just started ghosting you and went for four months is probably going to uh, look into some other other options. And, and see what works out for him. And after four months, apparently it didn't work out. More than likely, you know, he hit you with that. I miss you text. Don't even don't even entertain that. You did the right thing. You hit the block button. Like J.E. said, God said, Moses, what's in your hand? He had a rod. You got your thumb and you've got your phone. Hit that block button. And you did the right thing. You did the right thing, my friend. Virginia in the building. Hey. Hey, Coach Shiro Kamau. I hope, oh, sorry if I said that wrong. Hey, Coach, watching from Sweden. Uh, my ex wants to be friends, but doesn't want to have responsibility over his child. Is it a bad move if I cut him out of our life so he won't confuse our child? He is one. That's deep, J.E. That's I'm deep. Let you kick that one off. The beautiful thing about um, any home is that God is sufficient for what's missing. Um, if, if a man... 
is not handling his responsibility, God will, right? Now, that doesn't mean you uh, keep that father out of that child's life um, because you don't you don't want to create any toxic uh, toxicity in your child's mind. Uh, your child's one, but but you don't want that child growing up with you having toxicity towards him, right? Uh, let me make sure I read your question thoroughly. And I know you, Shira, because you watch all the time from Sweden. I, my ex wants to be friends, but don't want to have responsibility over his child. Then we can't be friends. We can't, we can't be nothing right now because if you don't want to take care of your responsibility, don't reach out to me. Responsibility by definition is having the ability to respond. Don't, don't make kids if you don't have the ability, if you don't want, desire to have, or if you don't desire um, to take care of those kids. And what he wants is another place to park his car, if you know what I mean. Mm. He just wants another place to park his car. And so what happened was he was like, I can go always go back to my baby mama and baby mama would just open up that garage for me and let me park in there. What you do is you don't offer those benefits anymore. Um, you you love your child, you nurture your child. And if that and if that and always leave the door open, not don't don't give too much access, but leave the door open for him to be a father if he chooses to. But don't don't open the door for him to come into your heart again to manipulate you for control and to try to get some more action. Uh, but don't want to take care of his child. Uh, but don't don't fret because I grew up in a single parent home and look how I turned out. God is a present help in a time of trouble. He's he's our heavenly father. He's well able to, 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 to be there for your son's life. Don't feel like, oh my gosh, my son doesn't have. Welcome the presence of God as a father in your home. Let him supernaturally resource or source you as, as a father. And look how I turned out. You know what I'm saying? Did I have some things I had to grow out of? Yes, but I turned out pretty good because of the help of God and a good mother. And that's all I got for that, BD. Uh, don't cut him out of your lives. Cut him out of your life, but not out of y'all's lives. What I mean by that for clarity purposes, because that is his son. And, and you don't want to create a toxic toxic environment where he's fighting to see his son and the son just leave the door open to a degree. Access, I mean, only the door open to your house, but leave uh, 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 boundaries, establish some type of boundaries to make sure that he knows that in order for you to see your son, we can't come to the house. We can't come into any place that's that's intimate. Um, if you want to meet at a local store, if you want to do that, then but if you don't respond to that, keep it moving. All right. Before I answer the question, S. Kimberly sending love from North Carolina. I had to get that shout out. in. I'm sorry. I got to show love our North Carolina folks. We're, we're glad right. to have you. We're glad to have you. Well, I'm glad to have you because I'm still in North Carolina. Okay. You know what? I'm not going to address that shade. I'm going to address Shiro Kamau. All right. Uh, but uh, Coach hit it on the head. Um, you know, when you, when you have um, a situation where you have an ex and you have a child with somebody, look, that person more or less is going to be in your life, um, you know, for the next 18 years at least. Now, the nature of y'all's relationship depends on it is completely centered around the child. If he doesn't want to anything to do with the child, if he doesn't want to accept responsibility for that child, then we don't need to talk. You know what I mean? Like if you have if you have a co-parenting situation and both parties are interested or are invested in the best interest of the child, then it is you all's responsibility to be cordial enough to you know co-parent that child effectively, right? But if one party is not interested in raising that child, then we don't have nothing to do with each other until you get your mind right. So like J.E. said, you don't want to, you know, be malicious and like cut him out of the child's life 
you know, in the in the situation where he gets his mind right and wants to be in that child's life. If he if he expresses that interest, then you have to, you know, you have to let him, you know, be a father to that child, um, you know, or at least give him a chance or two. Now, if he keeps violating that and, and he's letting the child child down time after time, I don't know. It's kind of a it's kind of a toss up at that point. It's a judgment call at that point because I'm not just going to keep somebody, you know, get my child's hopes up, yeah, and and crush them every <clears throat> single time. So, um, but yeah, it's a judgment call. But yeah, if he's not interested in uh, taking care of that child, we have nothing to do with each other. Then you go your way, and I'm gonna raise the child by myself. I got God. You know, and he he's our source and he's going to make it. He's going to make it happen for us. That's good, man. We got someone from Curaco. I think that's correct. Virginia in the building. New York. Glad to have you. Hey, I just left upstate New York. Watertown. All right. Where it goes down. But for those who from New York, I never left you. What? New York. You've never been to New I York. Mean, for those from North Carolina. Sorry. I never left you. <laughs> Oh, my wife totally flexing. Hey, 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 you got Brittany in the building. Tristan says, hey, good guys live. We here and we're going to be going live a lot. We have 71 people. Thank you all for joining us. Let's go. We got Jaina Tang from Singapore. I'm telling you, man, we global. Well, my channel's uh, global for right now. We probably global in the good guys, too. No, no. Love this show. You guys rock. See, my wife support. That's fellas, fellas, fellas. Listen to me. Get you somebody that'll support. Even in the comment section, we'll support. We All got right. a new <clears throat> podcast dropping tomorrow, by the way, at 12 noon. Oh, oh I got we're gonna be talking about. Okay. Keep going, BD. Keep we're going to be. Going. All right, I'm going to let you. Oh, there it goes. A new podcast dropping tomorrow. Seven signs that she is the one. All right. Y'all been asking for it. We're going to be talking about seven signs if you've got somebody that you're interested in or down the line you know you're, you're going to be looking for a potential suitor all right we're going to be talking about things that you can look for to get a good sign or a good feeling uh that she could be a potential wife a potential proverbs 31 woman and that's one of the signs Brittany ezzy in the comments supporting the podcast Get you somebody, get you a spouse, get you a woman, a guy who's going to support what your purpose is. My wife supports, but she's not really up on technology or social media. I don't even and think she's she knows. she's got four kids, to. bro. She does have four kids running around as well. Um, but she does support the podcast. But yeah, that's one of the things we'll talk about in the podcast. Make sure you check that out tomorrow. It's dropping at 12 noon. All right. Cindy Keppel. <clears throat> says, can God allow a guy to come in your life when you're spiritually immature but growing? Um, can't say he wouldn't. Definitely can't say he wouldn't. Um, it kind of depends it, it, on what the spiritual level uh, of the guy that he brings into your life is. Um, if you guys are both a little spiritually immature, um, I, I could definitely see a scenario where you guys grow together in the things of God. Definitely what I would say in that scenario is take it slow, take it very slow, um, regardless of your level of spirituality. OK, have certain boundaries and, and morals and values that you stick to. OK, don't 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 get alone with this guy. 
you know, try to, if you can go on group <clears throat> dates, try to go on group dates. If you can go to restaurants for your dates in public er arenas, go in public arenas while you guys nurture your relationship with God and you guys grow in the things of God. Um, Cause that's a, that's a, a prime way to kind of mess things up because you guys are spiritually immature. You make immature decisions. And then, you know, like we said earlier in this live streaming session, some sins, some things that you, some acts that you commit, there's permanent consequences to those acts. So what you don't want to do is because you're spiritually immature, you guys make a spiritually immature decision. And now you have permanent consequences to that decision. So it can be kind of tricky. It can be kind of dangerous. Um, dating when you're still kind of spiritually immature, but definitely early on in the process, set set these, these are the boundaries. These are the guidelines that we're going to follow. And then we're going to grow together. Most of y'all's time spent together should be in church, go to church together, start growing in the word together, have, uh, you know, get in like a cell group or something like that with other more seasoned believers, especially ones that are in relationships and have that accountability, have that mentorship uh, so that you guys can grow together in the things. <clears throat> yeah. Like BD says, we can't say that God wouldn't because God, we're not God. Um, but I think God wouldn't allow there to be a progression towards marriage at this point. Um, I definitely know God wouldn't would definitely, if you both are submitted to God, will allow y'all to go to the next level. Um, that's why I think in this situation, if you already recognize that you're spiritually mature, it's best, it's best to keep that uh, connection with that young man at a, at a, at an arm's length. Um, um, because, because if you guys, I think it's a gentleman, right? Uh, okay. You met a guy, uh, because you don't want to get so caught up in idolatry. Now you idolize a relationship and now you idolize an individual. Now you're more consumed with the possibilities of y'all being together versus the one that's present, who's well able to sustain you, who is Jesus himself. And so the best advice like BD said, man, is just, is just don't get intimate. Don't get too involved. Don't get too engaged. Uh, uh, stay pray, stay praying. Um, stay, stay, stay seeking God about it. It's what I need for you to do. If you guys at a level where y'all interested in each other, I need y'all to take two weeks away from each other, 14 days, 14 days, ask God, okay, God, look, I don't want to go any other step ahead of you. Um, I want to be in your will. It's best to end it now than to try to grow spiritually together. And then y'all get connected through prayer and y'all get connected through going all these different things. Y'all get a strong bond. And then all of a sudden y'all don't even take time to ask God if this is the bond that he put together. So I think right now y'all go ahead and say, you know what? Let's see if this is supposed to be. Uh, but you have to examine now spiritual immaturity is different than I'm not uh, uh, at elite level of of Christianum. Right. Um, because I met my wife and I was still immature in a lot of areas. But we got to examine how spiritually immature are you? Did you just get saved yesterday? Mm, then it's probably not God. I'm pretty sure if you got saved last week. It's probably not God. <clears throat> but if you've been growing, you just like, you know what? I'm not quite where I need to be, but I'm not where I used to be. Whew. I'm not where I need to be. But I'm not where I used to be, but I'm far along what in the sanctification process, then potentially that's God. But if y'all just got saved yesterday, y'all both met at the altar, you looked over to your left and you saw him at the altar, he was like this, and you was like, wow, that man's cool. And then y'all met in the lobby and y'all was like, hey, I saw you at the altar, you got saved. Did you rededicate or you get saved? Nah, I, you know, I got rededicated. I was doing some drugs yesterday. Then, yeah, not right now. So that's the best advice I can give you. Ascension Moreno, uh, Anthony, or no, Anthony, is it Anthony or Ascension? I don't know. From San Antonio, Texas. Just wanted to shout that guy out because 
San Antonio is like two, two and a half hours away from me. I'm here in Central Texas. San Antonio is a wonderful city. It's a beautiful city. We were there a couple months ago before the world changed. And now we can't go anywhere. But San Antonio is a beautiful city. My two cents says, I am really trying to work on my weight. I realize I'm an emotional eater surrounded by drama. How do I gain the victory? J.E. Yeah. Slim Rev. This sounds been, like a listen. question for Slim Rev. <laughs> You see it. You see it. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I lived it so I can give you advice to give it to thrive above it. So you have to understand that emotional eating comes from emotional wounds. You have been wounded, my friend. Uh, most of us, we only treat the symptoms of a wound, but never treat the source of the wound. So what I need for you to do, my friend, is go all the way back to the source. When did this emotional imbalance occur? When did this emotional wound occur? Right. <clears throat> because when you examine the conception of a thing, then the Holy Spirit will show you what you need to repent of or show you who to forgive. Because the because the emotional realm, the soulish realm is a very delicate part of ourselves. Our souls are like sponges. Our souls are very sensitive that that the moment that we have been wounded by rejection, by abandonment, by uh, abuse, various kinds of abuse. That area of our soul is wounded. Now, what's in your soul, my friend? What's in your emotional realm? Um, that soulish part of you is where your mind, will, and emotions are. That's where your thoughts, memories, ideas, perspectives, um, um, knowledge, that's where everything about you are is, right? And so what you have to examine is, okay, let me go all the way back to where I was wounded. See, my emotional eating occurred because of the root cause or the root wound of abandonment. I couldn't handle people leaving me because I thought I was just such a great friend. I thought I was just such a great guy. Why would you leave me? And it spawned from my dad abandoning us when we were four years old, when I was four years old. And so I never got that thing healed. And I was wondering why I was so deeply uh, affected by people abandoning me, especially since I was such a loyal friend in my mind, since I was such a good person, until I realized that the people's actions towards me don't define me, right? So you have to go all the way back to where that emotional wound occurred. And chances are it occurred during your formative years. It occurred while you was a child or maybe a teenage years or maybe you was extremely wounded, maybe possibly uh, uh, two years ago. Um, so you got to go all the way back and forgive yourself. Now, you see this forehead? This forehead right here, I cannot change. So I have to own it. If I don't own this forehead, <laughs> BD laughing. See, the greatest <laughs> big head joke I ever got in my life was that I was a teenage mutant ninja turtle who couldn't put his head back in the shell. That, that oh, right man. there was probably the best big head joke. But I got to own this because whatever you don't own about yourself that you cannot change, you got to own it or someone's going to sell it against you, my friend. But what you do with what you can change, one day I looked in that mirror, <clears throat> my two cents, and I said, I got to put these two honey buns down. I can't do this because my purpose meant so much to me. My, my, my wife means so much to me and that I want to be there for my children's children. I want to be there when I walk my daughter down the aisle. I want to be there to help my son navigate the turbulences of life. You have to establish a greater why than what's on your plate. And if you don't heal that wound, you're going to still eat what's on that plate and still gain the weight and never be at your place of, of purpose. And so the good thing I'm proud of that you have realized you came into revelation, my friend, that's good. Uh, and so if you're surrounded by drama, it's time to get out of that script. 
It's time to get out of that play. I don't care whose dramas around you. You don't got to go on that circuit. You don't got to be a character in that story. Now, if there's something that you cannot control and stuff, whatever, you give it over to God. It, it, create a climate where you are full of joy. And the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the joy of the Lord is in his presence where there's a fullness of joy. Because if you look in the mirror and don't love yourself, then you're going to always look at yourself through the lens of self-hate. Now, th now there could be an issue of self-hate. Self-hate leads to self-harm. Self-love leads to self-care. You got to look deep down inside of you beyond the weight and see the weight of glory that's in you. And that's the Holy Spirit. And you, he'll show you who you were destined to be. And then you can begin to mold yourself into that mold. But you got to establish a why. Why must I lose this weight? I refuse to die with 20-something books left in me. I refuse to die and leave my wife to raise two infants. I refuse. So I establish systems and patterns after I have forgiven and after I have forgiven myself or the person or have uh, after I have repented of those wounds and accepted who I am in Christ as an adopted son or daughter in his family and then renew my mind into who I am as his righteousness because of Christ and begin to go forward. You can gain victory, but you got to go down to where in order to be victorious, you got to let go of being a victim. The reason why many people are not victorious is because they have a victim's mindset. When you look in that mirror, you're the one eating that. So I couldn't blame my abandonment. I couldn't blame my dad. I couldn't blame my mom. I couldn't blame them girls. I can't blame them guys. I can't blame nobody. I'm the one eating it. So so you many of us we we eat and as we eat, we blame the others for the consequences of our eating habits. No, you got to take responsibility and say, I'm the one eating this food. I'm tired. It's time to move on and develop support systems to ease yourself because I don't, don't be like BD and then just become a vegan overnight. You know what I'm saying? That's just not wise. It's you got to wrong with that. It's nothing wrong with that, but you got to, you got to slowly come into veganism because when you pass by that barbecue joint, you smell that, that brisket. The relapse is going to be greater. So God will give you the right system to support you to go forward into the best self you are. Write down on a sheet of paper where you see why do you need to live? Why do you need to eat better? And then go from there. But you got to forgive. You got to look at yourself and say, you know what? I'm taking full responsibility for my actions. And that's what I did. Now I'm at 252 pounds. I lost 60 something pounds. Living my best life. I ain't going back Dude. and forth with these honey buns. I'm living my best life. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked that question, my two cents. It takes a lot of courage. Um, but it, it's definitely, good. absolutely, it's really good that you realize that, you know, it's something that needs to be addressed. And I think that's something that, you know, doesn't get talked about enough in, you know, the, the, the Christian community is health. Health yeah. is wealth. Health is important. You can't carry out what God uh, has called you to do if you're laid up in a hospital somewhere um, and, and the Bible talks about it, you know, when when you look at the story of was it uh, Daniel? Was it Daniel that wouldn't eat the king's meat? Yeah. Shadrach and the boys. Yeah. There you go. Don't give me the line uh, on the word of God. Um, but, yeah, you know, he, he wouldn't eat the, the, the food that the king provided. And I'm sure he, he wasn't providing no shabby food. I'm sure it was some good food. I'm sure it was some brisket and some ribs and some fried chicken and the finest, you know, the, the cuisine of that day. But Daniel was like, no, no, 
for me to carry out the purpose that God has called me to carry out, I need to eat the proper foods. I need to take care of my temple. We talk about the body as a temple and we talk about, oh, I'm not going to have sex. Oh, I'm not going to drink. Oh, I'm not going to smoke. It's also the foods that you eat. All right. So um, Josh hit in on the nail and I'm, I'm going in a different direction or whatever. But, you know, definitely have a watch. Establish what your why is. Establish what your why is, whether that's so you can carry out God's purpose for your life, whether it is so if you have kids so that you can be around for your kids. I know mine, I have four kids, so I want to be around to see them, you know, get married if that's the, if that's what they end up doing. I want to see, you know, I don't want it to be a situation where my kids are burying me or where my kids are worried yeah. about covering, you know, medical bills and stuff like that for me. So find out what your why is. And like J.E. said, that has to be greater than whatever that emotional, you know, trauma that it is that you're going to that's that that's causing you to, you know, overeat. Um, also, whatever. I know your, your question says you're surrounded by drama. Find out what that I mean, what what kind of drama is? It? Is it anything that you can control? If it's something that a, a situation that you can remove yourself from then find a way to do it by the grace of God. If it's not possible, I, I you know, I, you, like Jay, you said, you just got to have a why that's stronger than whatever that drama is. But I would say that's probably the root of the issue is whatever drama that is that's causing you to overeat, try to address that. And like I said, we don't know what that is. So we're kind of limited in the advice we can give in that uh, arena. But by the grace of God, you know, try to figure out a way <clears throat> to, remove that drama from your life. All right. Um, how many more questions we got, J.E.? Because my wife, you know, she wants to spend the time. Hey, with BD, how much, time, how much time you got left, BD? I got one more question. <laughs> BD's like, yeah, <laughs> one more question. This ain't the J.E. channel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, BD, 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 I wouldn't say he's a rookie in this, but just call me, call me Mr. Miyagi right now. I'm not a rookie. The hey, my wife loves no, me, man. I no, mean, I we're know not talking. We talk. You too. Oh, you're right. You're leaving not because you can't handle questions. You leaving? <laughs> yeah, no. I can sit here all night and talk to y'all, but yeah, we can. These these videos will be limited. Yeah. Hey, we talk about the relationships all day here on the Good Guys Podcast. Hey, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta balance. You That's know? right. I, I gotta grind, but I also gotta spend time. With my wife. Ooh, Ooh was that a that bar? That was a bar. Hey, I don't normally, I don't normally come with the punch. Bruh, that was that to you, bruh, but I bruh, think that was a bruh, bar. Bruh, that was a sneaker king size bar right there, BD. That was sneakers king size. I thought you was gonna give you yeah. one of little snack. I thought you usually give it a little snack Snickers bars right uh -uh. there, but that thing was a king size. That was a bar right there. That was a All king right, size. Tiana Wynn says, "How to court someone without getting too attached? How to keep God in the center?" of a courtship. J.E., I'm going to let you kick that one off. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's I need okay. to gather my thoughts on that one. No problem. How to court someone without getting to attach. Make sure you attach to God. Make sure that you still keep God in the center of your life. Make sure that God is the ultimate uh, uh, lover of your soul. And what I, the reason why I say that is because contentment is key. Contentment is king. 
uh, uh, because the more content you are, the more clarity you have about who you are and who God has for you. Right. And and the good thing about a, about being a woman is that you can dictate that man's pace. Usually men as hunters, we allow our instinctive natures to override uh, possibly the leadership of the Holy Spirit in us when it comes to pursuing you all. And so what happens oftentimes is that we pursue hard. And then there's that uh, intuition inside of you that says, you know what, I, I, I just don't know if I should. And you got to trust that intuition. You, uh, you got to trust that leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life because that's not your husband. You know what I'm saying? And even... <clears throat> And even with that, you still have the opportunity to voice your concern if you notice even your husband leading improperly. But in regards to your current situation, um, the courtship is 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 a season which you guys take as much time as you can to get to know each other and get to know if this is of God. Uh, um, to not get so attached is to guard your emotions and to guard your environments. Environments conjure up certain emotions. So you, the best way not to get too attached is not get into an environment that makes you weak. Get into an environment that calls you to lose all sense of reasoning. Um, leave all places that gives the certain type of ambiance that has you in a place of 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 of, of openness to potentially getting involved because emotions thrive as intimacy is engaged. Right. So the more you get intimate and get exclusive and get alone, then sometimes your emotions begins to to grow. And so how to course one without getting attached is to keep the facts in the forefront, keep the facts of ultimately my goal is to be in the center of God's will. Therefore, I'm going to give God the will of my life. And if this ain't it, I'm OK. That's the beautiful thing about life. You have to be OK if God if that's not who God has for you. How, and the second part of your question is <clears throat> how to keep God in the center of the courtship. Keep the word of God in the midst. Know the word for yourself. Um, make sure because a man who's not committed to God will not be committed to you. A man who doesn't reverence the, the word of God will not reverence what you stand on, right? So how do you keep God in the center of the courtship? Is honor, knowing that God's eye is to and fro, that God sees everything. And that the word of God says, the fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom, which means my level of reverence towards God will determine the limits of my actions. Because I revere my wife, my hands will never hit her. And because not only do I revere her, I revere the one who made her. See what I'm saying? The Bible talks about that, that heaven will not hear the prayers of a man who does not take care of his woman. And so what I mean by that for you is uh, reverence God ultimately. And then you will see if y'all both reverence God and honor his word and honor him, you will see wisdom manifesting your life. And the word of God also says, if you lack wisdom by anything, call upon him and he'll give it to you. So keep God in the center by keeping reverence in the midst of y'all too. And the moment that man proves that he does not want to revere God and wants you to compromise the things of God, then that man is not God's man for you. So you don't get in touch by avoiding environments that opens up intimacy, avoiding environments where you are not in control of yourself. And you know those kind of environments. 
and develop systems accordingly. If that means y'all can't be in a car by yourselves because it gets hot in the car and we ain't talking about the heaters on, then y'all drive separate cars. Uh, uh, just because you mature doesn't mean you still try to be alone at the house with each other. That's just off limits. But stay in environments where you can control your emotions. Pray before you engage with that person. While you in a car waiting on him to pull up, God, give me through your Holy Spirit the ability to have self-control. Father, you said in your word that one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. I pray you lead and guide me into all truth and 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 and, and help me because he smelled his, his cologne smelled too good, God. Be honest with God. Tell God, yo, his cologne smelled a little bit too good. And when I'm around him, I potentially want to give up my goods. And so you just pray it ahead. Ask for strength, and he'll strengthen you, my friend. Anything else on that, BD? Nope. <clears throat> I'm going to answer one more question because legit tuber out here has been trying to catch our attention with a couple of questions. So, and I told him I would, I would check him out. So, all right. The last one that I see here from you is: I Wish God would answer my prayer of taking away my sexual emotions, not no lust. I don't really deal with lust; just my sexual emotions. Period. It's all the way down towards the bottom, J.E. Also at the bottom. Um, yeah. So I feel you on that. Um, one thing you got to look at is like what kind of things are you putting in to yourself? What, what, what kind of input are you putting in? Right. So if you're talking about what you want to get out, like as far as like not having, you know, those particular sexual emotions, <clears throat> you have to look at what you're putting in like a lot, more than nine times out of 10, what we get out of life, what we get out of, you know, our relationships, what we get out of our body. It depends on what we're putting in. So you got to watch what you're putting in. What, what kind of music are you listening to? What kind of shows are you watching? Um, you know, what are you watching on the computer? Whatever the case may be. You have to watch what you're putting in. Um, now, to a certain extent, look, we're humans and God did put, you know, sexual desire within us. He just put it in there to be fulfilled within the con um, context of a loving married relationship. So, you know, part of part of being a Christian. And, and I, I don't know if you're a male or female, but speaking to the male side of things, part of being a man is discipline. There's no getting around it. Like you have to, as a man of God, be able to discipline your flesh. Sometimes our flesh, look, it cries out, you know, in ways that we don't need to, you know, we don't need to exercise. So we have to live a part of being a man of God. Part of being a Christian man is living a life of sacrifice, a life of discipline. We talked about it in one of our episodes, why men cheat. Part of being a Christian you have to sacrifice. You have to discipline yourself. You know that there's a lot of things in life that you can do. There's a lot of desires that you have. I desire to eat brisket and yellow cake with chocolate icing every weekend, but I can't do it. Right. So, you know, there's two parts. Control the input. Right. Watch yeah. what you're putting inside yourself. Change, you know, listen to, hey, do it. Do a cleanse. Do a detox. Hey, I'm listening to straight worship music for the next two weeks. All right. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm only watching uh, Christian programming on television. I'm watch sermons. You know, uh, if you do that for two weeks, I'm willing to bet those sexual desires, those sexual emotions that you're struggling with are going to diminish. So 
that's the number one thing. And the number two is just self-control and discipline. You know, um, the, the sexual emotions, I mean, like I said, God put them there, but do you <clears throat> act on them? You know what I mean? You, if you're not acting on them, you, you should be fine. Definitely, you know, um, don't engage in any sexual activity with someone else uh, that's not warranted if you're not married uh, or with yourself as well. So, um, yeah, that, that would be my answer. J.E., you got anything on that? Yeah, you definitely don't want God to take that. You know, what God gives, he wants us to be stewards of, right? Um, another person put right here, I'm going to add their question because it goes along with that. Um, it says, can you guys explain what is the difference between sexual emotions and lust, please? Um, that goes along with that, with the gentleman's or lady's question above. The difference is that God gave us the capacity um, to love someone, not to lust someone. Uh, me and BD talked before in the podcast that making lust is easy. Making love is difficult because love is, is a mindset. It's a, a state of mind. Lust is just the rushing of emotion, right? And so the difference between sexual emotion is the desire to serve someone and to please them sexually to become one to, to so that when 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 life gets tough we come one when life is good we come together to come one to a reestablish or to let our bodies and our emotions and our souls and our spirits know that this is the one I love for life right lust is the perversion of love God created love. God created sex, not Trey songs. God invented sex. God invented it. It's a great thing within the right context. Sex is only safe in a marriage where both the husband and the wife are both submitted to God. No other place is sex safe. Sex is like a um, nu a nuclear reactor. Sex is like a lion. Sex is like uh, uh, it needs to be in a certain type of boundary in order for it to be properly used. Nuclear uh, a nuclear plant can either cause hot water or it can cause a bomb. You see what I'm saying? So when you understand that lust has a safe context, then you will endeavor to express that lust is the perversion. Lust by definition is the overbearing desire for something. That means you going beyond the proper desire for it. <clears throat> um, uh, making love, being married is a genuine desire given to us by God. Society and environments and, and, and intricates and tools and computers perverts that and lifts up the gauge to take that desire beyond its safe limits and now all of a sudden you got to have it. You need to have it just to get your rocks off. You need to have it to feel like someone loves you. That's when it has been perverted. But those whose minds have been renewed and understand what sex is and what love is. Love is a frame of mind. Doesn't my wife doesn't have to be dolled out for me to want to have sex because if because sex is not based upon aesthetics. Sex is about this is the one that God has given me and I have compassion desire to please her. But if, when it gets to aesthetics, when it gets to selfishness, then sex is dangerous. So uh, uh, sexual emotion is given to us by God to please each other, not, whoa, whoa, to please the one God has for you. In the context of marriage, lust is the overbearing desire of that, the perversion of that, which leads us into uh, compromises, which then births consequences, which then births cycles of depression. So that's the difference there. But <clears throat> great questions, y'all. We'll do these probably once a week. New episode coming out. Let me get it out. Let me get it ready. New episode coming out tomorrow. 
seven signs that she is the one, seven signs that she is wife material. And for those questions we didn't get to, the Holy Spirit is there, or you can just make sure you subscribe, hit that. <laughs> subscribe, hit the bell. So you, cause, cause when we go live, we'll be right here. Copy and paste that question, save it. So when we go live again, you could be right there and we'll be one of the first ones. Anything else you want to say to the people? I know we got to go. Do we have the good guys email set up? Uh, yeah, the good guys, the good guys. Hold on. Let me make sure I find it. I didn't want to put you on the spot or anything, but I, I, we, we do have the good guys email. Uh, we'll get you that email. So if you guys do have questions that didn't get answered today, shoot them to that email address and we will try to get to them uh, either on the podcast or a um, ask a good guy segment. We're going to be posting ask a good guy segment videos where we just answer the videos, not live, uh, but we answer some of the questions that you guys want to ask us. So yeah, if J, J E, if you have that email. Um, yeah, let me find that. Let me give okay. it to the people. Let me give me one second. It's the good guys podcast online. <laughs> okay. The good guys podcast online at gmail.com. The good guys podcast online at gmail.com. And it's an extremely long email address, but if you can remember it, it's fairly simple. The good guys podcast online at gmail.com. Shoot your, uh, shoot the questions that you have there. And we'll go through there and try to uh, find some of those so we can shoot some videos where we answer questions, uh, just not live, and post those to YouTube as well. Like J.E. said, new episode drops tomorrow at noon. Be on the lookout for that. Seven signs that she is the one. If you're watching the live uh, and you have not hit, yet hit the subscribe button, subscribe to the Good Guys Podcast. We are kicking out relationship advice, relationship videos based on the word of God. Um, every Wednesday we drop a podcast <clears throat> at 12 and hit that bell so that you can get post notifications so that you know when we go live because we'll be going live at least once a week answering questions from you guys like we did here tonight. We're going to keep this going. Um, so other than that, I'm about to go spend some time with my wife. I'm sure J.E. is beep, about beep, to do beep, this beep. thing. Ended like the podcast. Ended like the podcast. I'm about to. Can I get to it, dog? I mean, you seem like you was rushing. I hey, man. Hey, look, I'm happily married, okay? Oh, no, no, no. We're I talking about the wife. I'm talking about making sure we stay on brand, BD. No, I got you. Don't worry. Jana Tang, is it the good guys podcast at gmail.com? It's the good guys podcast online at gmail.com. <laughs> let, me, let me put it in there for y'all. Give me one second. There you go. Put it in there, J.E. That's a really long email address. Hey, man, the rest of them was taken, man. The Good Guys podcast <laughs> was taken. Everything else was taken, BD. It's all good. Hey, man. Uh, oh, here we go. It's already morning here in Singapore at 930. That's crazy. So you'll get the new episode probably on Sunday. <laughs> I mean, on, on like Friday or something, Thursday or Friday. Uh, Jaina. No, I'm just joking. I don't think you're that far behind us or ahead of us. Hey! All right, so we've got the we've got the. Uh, oh, go ahead, Jay. You had something to say? Oh, go ahead, BD. All right, so yeah, so I'm sure I forgot this. Okay, so we've got the um, email address there in the comments. So shoot us those questions that didn't get answered today. Um, other than that, I'm a happily married man, a humble father of four. He is Joshua Ezzy, Slim Rev, happily married as well. 
We are the Good Guys Podcast live, guys, and we are out. Peace.